Welcome to the second edition of Hit by Podcast. Here with me, as always, is my buddy Andy Johnson. Boom. Pumped to be here, Ryan. And I am just as pumped to be here. My name is Ryan Irwin, in case you forgot. Andy, last time was our first podcast, and I want to hear your thoughts. Was it fun? Did you have fun doing it? Yeah, we had fun, and we got over the technical difficulties, and uh, <laughs> we're still probably going to have technical difficulties, and uh, like literally, we're just trying to have fun, talking about baseball, hopefully getting a little bit better as we go, and yeah, sweet. Yeah, I, definitely, we're going to work out, iron some things out as we go, and I think uh, we're just having fun doing this, man. Uh, a bunch of our family and friends listen to it. Shout out to all our listeners. Uh, <laughs> but a lot more people listen to it than I thought they would, so that was kind of encouraging. Never thought I'd say those words. Shout <laughs> yeah. out to our listeners. Yeah, shout out to our listeners, which is actually more than three, which is pretty fun. Well, well, Ryan, do you want me to jump into this and start you off the question? Okay. Yeah, all right. Sure. Here's the leadoff question here. All right. What would you think of that U.S. win over the Dominican in the World Baseball Classic? Well, Andy, as I'm watching these highlights, I'm, I'm thinking about – your take on the World Baseball Classic, and I'm thinking, I wonder if Andy's having second thoughts, because this is fun baseball, it's a whole lot of fun to watch, and man, it was electric. First off, you got the Giancarlo Stanton bomb, which apparently when he's in Petco Park, he just turns into Terminator. (laughs) He is Terminator. And that brick wall, I think, actually quibbles or quivers <laughs> when he comes into the park because it's like, oh my goodness, I'm about to get a 110-mile-per-hour ball uh, hit off my face. That bomb was awesome. And then, of course, the signature, what we're all going to remember, the Adam, Adam Jones, Jones yeah. robbing his teammate, Manny Machado, <laughs> which warranted a hat tip Absolutely, Manny Machado, which was pretty awesome. Absolutely. Now, I, I would say I was second-guessing until – uh, we got to the 11th inning of the Puerto Rico Netherlands semifinal, and you go to the bottom of the 11th inning, or the top 11th, I don't yeah. remember which one it was, and you start with the stupid runner-on-base rule. I mean, you're totally changing the fabric of baseball at that point. You know, it'd be like basketball overtime. You go to the third overtime, take a player off the court. Now you're playing four-on-four. Four. Third overtime, take another player off the court, three-on-three. Three. I mean, at that point, you're kind of changing the fabric of the game, especially in baseball where – you know, relief pitching and late inning pitching is so strategic, and the way you approach batters, uh, you know, it just totally changes, totally changes your defensive approach in those situations. Don't like the rule. I uh, I liked it. I thought it was fun, <laughs> but we'll move on. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so the semifinals matchup again, like the well, you were talking about the the Puerto Rico, as I like to call them, blondies. Nice. The, the Netherlands, the land of the shortstop. Four to three. Carlos Correa, <laughs> first of all, I think is going to have an absolute monster season. Hit a 457 mammoth shot. 457 I, foot mammoth shot. I really hope he has a mammoth season because he's a keeper on my fantasy team this year. <laughs> so yeah. he could really pay off. That'd be great. Absolutely. Uh, Vladimir Ballantin, home run uh, as well. He, he took he took a ball pretty deep, and he was apparently born on an island that does not believe in the letter V. Uh, <laughs> no uh, Vs there. He also set the uh, Japanese record for home runs in a season. How about that? Uh, Francisco Francisco Lindor, your boy, three for five with a double. My guy. My, yeah, <laughs> my guy. Uh, so in the semifinals, U.S. will take on Japan tonight. Um, Tanner Rourke, an inspiring start. Uh, oh from gosh. the U.S. Like, we'll what? take them out. 
Who's he even with now? Is he with the Nationals he's still? With the Nationals. He he's like their fourth or fifth guy. Yeah, but that's a great rotation. He actually had a behind good Strasburg year last year. and Scherzer yeah. and. Gosh. Andy, let me ask you this, and this is driving me insane. I love Jim Leland. Yeah. Ohio guy. Yeah. But is he going to start? Goldschmidt and Posey this game because he didn't start Paul Goldschmidt and Posey last game. Instead, he started Eric Cosmore and Jonathan Lucroy. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, Posey is by far a better... Uh, he's the best catcher in the game. Yeah, I mean, he's a much better catcher overall and obviously a much better hitter. Top uh, three offensive yeah. catcher. Won the NL Gold Glove last year. Yeah, he's a stud. Um you know, I don't know how Leyland feels about the whole like pitcher catcher chemistry thing yeah, going. I don't know if Lacroix and Tanner Rourke have this like David Ross, John Lester concept going on. Where I like, really doubt it. Well, <laughs> hey, I'm going to cut him some slack and give him the benefit of the doubt here. But um, I don't know. Maybe he's feeling good about his guys in the clubhouse. Maybe Hosmer just feels fresher right now than Goldschmidt. Um, I mean, Hosmer's got some crazy hair and some crazy facials going on, and and maybe that's like the wave of momentum that they need or something. I mean, I'm. I'm a gigantic Joey Votto fan. I think Paul Goldschmidt might be the best first baseman in Major League Baseball. He's a, uh, he's a good player. He's a he's a stud. <laughs> yeah. Andy, let's let's jump into the previews. We told uh, we told people earlier that this week we're gonna talk about some AL and NL divisional previews. We're gonna kind of break down. Uh, here, let, let me get this straight. We could spend a lot of time talking about each team, but we want to give uh, our listeners a brief overview of what we think is going to happen, what, what we think is going to go down in each division. So we're starting off with the American League. Yeah, so we're going to do just a little rundown through the AL right now today. Um, talking a little bit about each team, maybe kind of where we see them finishing, um, total projections. Um, Talk a little bit about maybe some key players in each division, maybe a storyline or two, uh, and then some bold predictions, awesome. and we'll go from there. Do you want to? Let's let's hop into yeah, it. Let's, yeah, let's jump. Let's into start the with the American League East. Right on. Yeah, probably the most storied division in all of baseball. It got a lot of history, especially between the Yankees and the Red Sox, and it is always super competitive. Right. So I, I have I have Boston winning that division with about 91 wins. Yeah. I, I don't know if you came up with records for each of these. So the USA Today came up with their projected uh, standings, and they have Boston with 94 wins in first, Toronto 87, Baltimore 84, New York 80, and Tampa 75. Gotcha. Well, I think my, when I first thought about the AL East, I think this is actually going to be a very competitive division, and I think the worst team in this division is still going to win a decent amount of games. Yeah. Um, I think I actually had Baltimore finishing last. Wow. I think, I know, it's a little, little off the beaten path. Um, I think their starting pitching is a little shaky. Uh, to say the least. Yeah. yeah. They had, I mean, Waldo Jimenez is still in their rotation, and that dude, I mean, ever since. He uh, had his bout with the Indians. <laughs> I don't know if I've been a big Ubaldo fan since Ubaldo's uh, got to be years. one of the most frustrating starting pitchers yes, in baseball. Absolutely. He had like one good year with the Rockies. With the Rockies. Cashed in on that, and now everyone's still like trying to give him like a fifth chance. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know, man. I think you're uh, done. I know. Yeah, he's the guy who keeps getting the call. You know, and I think they got big bats. They're gonna hit some home runs like they did last year. Uh, I mean, like they hit a ton of home runs last year, and they'll get their they'll get their hits. But you know, I I don't think. I don't think their window for success is going to be open a ton longer. I mean, they've been competitive the last, like, four or five years. Uh, a couple of playoff appearances, a couple of wild cards mixed in there. I think they got to the ALCS in 2014, but I don't see a ton of 
um, like prospects lining up to sustain. No, I, I mean, Manny Machado is like the guy, and he's been in the league for four or five years now. And let me tell you what, this might be his last hurrah with the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, he's got what this year, next year, and then yeah, and I his think free so. agent. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He could be looking at a four hundred million dollar contract. Who knows? So I don't know. So I see, I see Baltimore. Honestly, I think. I mean, I hate to predict this on anybody, but hey, they're gonna get bit by the injury bug. You know, uh, a couple guys might uh, might be out for a little while. So I have them winding up in last place. Wow. Yeah. That is a that's a bold prediction, Andy. It is. Uh, that's my bold prediction. But, it, but it, honestly, with the AL East, anything can happen. Uh, I, I do think Toronto and Boston will finish in the top two. I have Toronto finishing first, and let me tell you why. Really? This rotation could be competing with one of the best rotations in the entire league. J.A. Happ, you got a 20-game winner there. Yeah. Sanchez, where some people are p- finish, picking him to be the Cy Young this year. That dude's a stud. He's wow. got electric stuff. Marcus Stroman, is this year, the year he finally puts it all together? He's a bonafide super, superstar. Marco Estrado, he's always given quality starts. And Francisco Liriano is looking like the Francisco Liriano of old <laughs> uh, in spring training oh, right now. And, man, he is as volatile as they come. But I think as a fifth guy, he's a dream fifth starter. No, and I'll definitely give you that. Toronto last year I felt like – I felt like their lineup was like what what looked good on paper, you know. And you, when you look at a lineup, I remember as an Indians fan watching the Indians play Toronto, it was like you're facing Troy Tulowitzki and then Edwin Encarnacion and oh yeah, Jose Batista. Oh, and Josh Donaldson, who's the reigning MVP yeah. from 2015. Like lots of big dudes in the lineup that can hit the ball far and hard. Uh, and their lineup will still be good. They, was, they lost Encarnacion, replaced him with Kendris Morales. I mean, they're gonna have a great lineup. You know, they're so. gonna they're gonna be solid. Yeah. Um, I think their bullpen's probably a question mark. Yes. Their closer I like, um, Roberto Asuna. But yeah. aside from that, you know, got some questions there, I think. Um, but I'm with you. I have them finishing second in the East behind Boston. I mean, that, this could go back and forth for sure. And, and I yeah. got Boston finishing second, but that could flip-flop. I, I'll tell you this. They might be my favorite lineup in all of Major League Baseball. Yeah? What would, what would you call that, that kind of lineup, you know? that. So, so I'm gonna, I would refer to... I am a box score guy. I love looking at box scores, <laughs> and it, it's just my favorite thing to do. And there's certain teams every year that I just I can't wait to see their box score. Right. And they were what I would refer to them as a box score beauty. A box. And my beauty. box score beauty yeah. for the AL East division is the Boston Red Sox. You got the here's the projected lineup: Pedroia batting first, Andrew Benintendi batting second, and I could talk about him forever. <laughs> Mookie Betts. Xander Bog- they this has Xander Bogart's projected betting fourth. We'll, we'll see about that. Hanley Ramirez in there, and, man, they got some pop. They got some flair. They're just a fun team to watch. They're going to miss David Ortiz. Don't get me wrong. Um, but this is still an explosive offense. The big question, David Price. Right. He's saying some weird things about his elbow. What's, the weird, what's going on with that elbow? He's saying... He's saying, if I was younger, I would have had Tommy John surgery at this point. But they're sa- he said he went to the NFL Combine because there were special doctors there to go check out his arm. He was at the NFL Combine. Ha- has he seen Dr. James Andrews yet? Because <laughs> that's usually not a good sign. Yeah, well, so maybe he's I, I know he got a second opinion. I don't remember who it was Maybe he's with, afraid though. of James Andrews. Yeah. I don't know, because that's like a death sentence. I would be too. Um... But can their starting rotation get it done? 
They made the big move with Chris Sale. Right. Can they keep up with their explosive offense? Not the easiest park to pitch in. Right. Um, what, so what do we'll you think see. about with with that rotation? Just real quick, Rick Porcello, one year wonder or is one he gonna, year wonder man. Is I he think stick around? I, I I think he has a very low ceiling. Um, I think I think he got lucky. I th- I think the I think the voters got it wrong with the ALCI. Yeah. I mean, he had a below a three ERA. Yeah. He had over twenty games. Had a lot of wins. wins. Um, but I think uh, I, I'm not very impressed. He he doesn't move the meter for me. Chris yeah. Sale, on the other hand, he is electric. Well, the last thing uh, I was going to say about the AL East here before we probably shift gears. Yeah. I got New York finishing third, Tampa Bay fourth. Maybe a little bit of a surprise. I have the double raise just just under 500, uh, and that's because I think Chris Archer is a beast. Yes. And I think if we weren't so obsessed with pitch counts these days and uh, pulling starters after they hit their limits, I think Chris Archer would have poached 300 strikeouts because that dude can fan him. He is a beast who almost lost 20 games last <laughs> yeah, year. I know, which is <laughs> which, absurd. You know, you get the Brian Kenny wins losses. That record, those stats should be thrown out the door. But that's a lot of losses. I love Chris Archer. Yeah, awesome dude. Real quick, players to watch. We'll move on. Okay. For me, you got your obvious Machados, Donaldsons, Mookie Betts. Yep. Greg Bird. Yeah. First base. Yankees. Yankees. People are sleeping on this guy. He has got a silky smooth swing. He's playing in a hitter's ballpark, and I think he's going to put up big numbers this year. I like how he carries himself. Uh, He's he's a tall, athletic dude. Um, And then I'm going to be watching Andrew Benintendi all year for the rest of his life. Um, I'll give you I'll give you one more quick storyline for the AL East. Can Pablo Sandoval, Kung Fu Panda, (laughs) keep his belt on? Yeah, keep off the weight. Yes, uh, I think. We've seen this before in the offseason where he was very disciplined and lost a lot of weight. But when it gets into season time, these guys are – they have late schedules. Yeah. They're eating late-night snacks. <laughs> late uh, Ice cream. Yeah. And as someone who's tried dieting often knows that late-night snacks are the things they're that – They're kryptonite. Yeah, they're an absolute kryptonite. And I'd be interested to see if he keeps it off during the season. And it, real quick, and we're going to transition soon, for each – for each division, we're going to have what I call a five-run home run prediction. Ooh. And, Andy, maybe you've had a coach say, hey, you look like you're trying to hit a five-run home run up at the plate, which means, like, you're swinging too hard, you're being a little too hopeful. Yeah. It's not realistic at all. Obviously, it's not realistic because you can't hit a five-run home run. But each division, we're going to have a five-run home run prediction. My five-run home run prediction isn't actually that crazy, but I think the Tampa Bay Rays trade Evan Longoria. Nice. I can see that. I mean, Longoria is a guy that has been there for a long time. He'd probably like to retire with the, with the yeah. Rays, but we shall see. We'll, we'll move on. AL yeah, Central. AL Central, your your division, Andy. All right, well, I got the Tribe coming in first with 92 wins. Sure. I also have that being the best record in the AL. So, Rule Tribe, let's take home that home field advantage in the playoffs. Neither of those things would surprise <laughs> me. Yes. Um, I, I will say this about the Indians. You know, a lot of it's going to depend on them being healthy. Even the last year they um, persevered through it. I mean, Brantley is slowly on the road to recovery. I mean, I say slowly, but, you know, he's he's doing well. Uh, I'm a little concerned right now just with Jason Kipnis. He's got some issues with his thrown shoulder. Uh, Carrasco has had some slight issues here in spring training and hoping that's nothing big. And, of course, Danny Salazar coming off uh, elbow problems is – you know, you're always kind of holding your breath That's on scary. that. Yeah. Uh, still love Andrew Miller and uh, Cody Anna at the bullpen, though. I don't see uh, I don't see them being as dominant during the regular season just because you don't like 
use them always in high leverage situations like he would in a playoff series. Yeah, he's probably not going to do those three inning. Yeah, I don't think Andrew Miller's going to yeah. go fifth, sixth, and seventh yeah. during a Thursday night game against uh, the Twins. But you know, yeah, you gotta love, I gotta love what the tribe's putting together. And obviously, Francona, I think, is a difference maker. Dude knows his players and knows how to push the right buttons. I tell you what, that guy's the real deal. Yeah, <laughs> Boston. Yeah, you, you lost a good one. He, I think we're seeing that now. I love Frank Cunningham. How could you not? Um, I got so USA Today has got Cleveland at 95 wins, Detroit at 85 wins, Kansas City 83, Chicago White Sox 68, and the Minnesota Twins 66. I also got Cleveland in first. I got Detroit finishing in second. And Andy, don't be surprised if they make some sort of run to push the Indians yeah. in the AL East because. Look at their roster. I mean, they had an underwhelming season last year, but they have the chance to put something together. And their offense, they basically got four guys that hit the snot out of the ball, and then after that it drops off drastically. (laughs) Yeah. They got Justin Verlander at the top of the rotation, arguably the AL Cy Young last year, I think should have won it. Um, You know who I think the X factor for them is? Is Daniel Norris. Hmm. This left-handed, high upside starting pitcher, yeah. flamethrower, who everyone has been saying, hey, this is the year that he's going to be great. He's the guy who lived in a van during <laughs> spring training. Yeah. He, he, he overcame True. a battle with cancer. He's a very interesting character. I think if he emerges as a stud, this could be something that puts the Tigers over the top. Now, again, shaky bullpen, right. but I think – it's not that far out of the question. Well, I'm with you. I have Detroit only a few games behind Cleveland. And I think what a lot of people probably forget about last year is that the Indians own the Tigers. I mean, at one point they were like 11-0. and yeah. And I think they finished like 14-4 against Detroit on the season. And, like, that was the difference in the division. And, like, if Detroit just doesn't flame out against the Indians, then they're neck and neck maybe winning the Central. I feel like, though, I have Detroit second also, uh, a few games behind the Tribe. But this just feels like the last hurrah for Miguel Cabrera, Justin Verlander, Victor Martinez, yep. and some of those guys. And um, yeah, Ian Kinsler's not super old, but he's been around a while. And I, you know, I don't know exactly what Detroit's farm system looks like. Um, I don't know. You're the prospect guy. I don't know if you can speak more to that. But I feel like if if Detroit really stumbles out of the gate, they could be sellers at the at the trade deadline um, with mm-hmm. some of these guys, JD Martinez, maybe Ian Kinsler. Uh, I mean, they're going to hold on to, like, Michael Fulmer and stuff. But, um, you know, that's it's something I think that's important for Detroit. If they their April and May are going to be important months for them, uh, and that's going to kind of dictate what they do come July when yeah. the trade deadline comes around. Boy, they struck gold with Fulmer. Uh, yeah, that dude's I know dude's the Mets good. did not think he was that good. <laughs> but, man, he, he is good. Yeah. He is very, very good. He's part of the Cespedes trade, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah. Yep. The Mets, man, apparently the Mets know how to – Draft pitchers. Something. My goodness. Uh, I got the Chicago – or I got the Kansas City Royals Royals. finishing third. And um, in the movie Nacho Libre, (laughs) Nacho looks at young Chancho, the young boy in the orphanage that, you know, Jack Black character is friends with. And he looks at Chancho and he says, I will have my glory day in the hot sun. And unfortunately for the Kansas City Royals, I think their glory day in the hot sun is coming. Is gone. over. Yeah. Yes, uh, I think they've. Uh, <laughs> I think they've run their course. Uh, you look at their starting pitching, and 
Um, it was tragic and unfortunate. I know. Ventura. Losing Jordano Ventura uh, hurt in more ways than one. Right. Um, and, and, and losing him on the field is, is one of those ways it hurts the Kansas City Royals. I think um, I, I don't like their lineup. I think they're, you know, I, I just don't see it happening this year. And uh, I, I'd be interested to see if they make some big deals coming up. Right. I think their team, you know, that if they stumble out of the gate also could be trading away some of these free agents, you know, come deadline time. Uh, yeah. You know, Hosmer, Perez, Mustakas have kind of been the core in uh, Lorenzo Cain. I would Escobar, love. All of those guys have been the core, but I'm kind of with you. And I think uh, um, not only does Ventura's death take a toll, but trading Wade Davis, I think, is, uh, yeah. it, it, you know. Well, what are they doing? Are they in the middle? You yeah. Know, like, uh, they're, they're doing the dreaded they're, making moves to stay in the middle of the pack. Exactly. And, you know, he was kind of the last – I felt like he was kind of the linchpin of their bullpen from two or three years ago that yeah. was just awesome. Yeah. So I, I, uh, yeah, the bullpen's not the same like when they won the World Series. I actually um, have Kansas City finishing fourth behind okay. Minnesota. I have the Twins making a little surprise jump because he, here's why I say that because Byron Buxton and Miguel Sano have to be good eventually, right? Like they have to be good. These dudes have been like crazy good prospects for a few years, and like you're just kind of waiting for them to figure it out. Yeah. And I think maybe this year they're going to figure it out a little bit. But the problem is. Irvin Santana is their ace, you yeah. know. So I'm a little, yeah, they, little they, unsure about that. But I'm just kind of, kind of put a lot of stock in. Man, I think their line's going to figure it out. Brian Dozier, dude can rake, and can some of these other guys, you know, maybe, maybe they'll figure something out in the in the bullpen that kind of carries them. So that's kind of a uh, that's a long shot. You could call that my I bold think, prediction. I think outside of the San Diego Padres, they might have the worst pitching rotation in the league. <laughs> and uh, in today's game and in yesterday's game and tomorrow's game, yeah, pitching's pretty important. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, but that is a big question mark I had. Byron Buxton? Question mark? That yeah. was on my notes. Uh, will he finally figure break it out? out? Man, I hope so because he seems like an awesome guy. Uh, he is yeah. incredibly athletic. He's got all the tools oh, in the totally. world, and man, I want to see him put it all together. I got Chicago. So I got them finishing last. I got the Chicago White Sox finishing fourth. And um, obviously they're in building for the future mode. Right. I have them fishing last. Yeah, and that that could <laughs> they could be in a dog bottom out place. Absolutely. Yeah. But holy cow, did they do a good job in the with Adam their Eaton trade. trade? The Adam Eaton <laughs> trade and also the Chris, the Chris Sale trade. trade. Yeah. They got about as good of a haul prospect wise as they could have possibly hoped. Right. So I'm a little nervous about them in one to two years, you know, maybe twenty nineteen, they're back competing for that AL Central title. So. Yeah, so the storyline I'm following this year is, will the Indians be even better this year? Oh, They're gosh. starting the year without Kipnis. Oh, I'm, I'm, jinx, I'm putting the jinx <laughs> on you. They're yeah. starting it without Kipnis, but added Edwin Encarnacion and getting Brantley right. back, on and paper, pitchers are healthy. On paper, they look phenomenal. Or maybe like, they uh, don't have the same magic. It's I don't Cleveland. Know. Um, uh, and Cleveland. Another, another question, uh, and I, I kind of brought it up earlier, can the Tigers push the Indians? Yeah, uh, they made headlines this offseason oh, about selling the whole team, and then they didn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it was really interesting because nobody wanted their guy. It was really bizarre. Right. Uh, and they kind of had to backstep, and now it's kind of awkward because all the players are like, I thought you were selling us, but whatever. Do uh, you have a uh, bold prediction? Or five homer. Five. Bold prediction. Five run homer. Five run homer. <laughs> pro- bold prediction. 
Michael Kopik, who came over from the Boston Red Sox, will hit 107 miles per hour this year on the radar gun from the mound. Whoa. You heard it here, maybe second or third. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that'd be big time. All right, let's go to the West. The West, how the West will be won. I have Houston <laughs> taking that division. Um, you know, I think a couple years ago they started to figure out, man, we can play some ball. And then uh, I think there's their, their lineup and their pitching is just a good combination of young dudes that are talented that we've known about for a few years now that are yeah. going to be talented. Finally mixing in with some, you know, veteran bats. I don't know if, you know, Brian McCann, Carlos Beltran, Josh Reddick, are they, like, difference makers themselves? Not really, but, like, mix them in with the top of that order. You know, George Springer, Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, and you got a formidable group there. Um, you know, their pitching's pretty solid, too, I feel okay about. I don't, we'll see how the bullpen shakes out for them, but I like Houston to win the West. I also like Houston to win the West, USA Today. Has them finishing in first with 90 wins, Texas second with 89, Seattle third, 85, Angels fourth with 74, and Oakland in fifth with 70. Houston is my box score beauty. (laughs) I love looking at the Houston Astros box score because, man, they got guys that are electric. Just think of this, this lineup. The projected lineup right now, we'll see what they do, but they got Springer leading off, who I love, George Springer. I followed him since he was at UConn. Uh, Altuve batting second. Dude's small, but he can play. uh, (laughs) He is just so much fun to watch. Carlos Correa batting third. Carlos Beltran, sneaky good offseason move this year. Batting fourth. And Brian McCann, another one. Batting fifth. And then you got the Cuban veteran, Yulieski Gurriel, who is Cuba's probably best hitter of all time, wasn't able to come over to the U.S. I would have loved to see him come over in his prime when he was able to play some shortstop, but great hitter nonetheless. I got them finishing first, but for goodness sake, can we get this team some pitching, right? (laughs) If they just had one... Stud to rely you know, on. about Dallas Keuchel? Dallas Keuchel had a rough year last year. He he's, he's looking good in the spring, but he's got the kind of stuff where he has to be so perfect, where he has no room for air. I mean, he throws a ninety mile per eighty nine sometimes mile per hour fastball. The, yeah. the, the year he uh, two years ago, he had the highest spin rate on his pitches, uh, and he was incredibly difficult to hit. Last year, those numbers were going down, and stat, the Statcast numbers. Don't lie. So, so Ryan, yeah. real quick, let's take a timeout okay. for uh, maybe Manager Ryan segment. Okay. What makes the uh, spin rate so difficult for a hitter? And with that, what would you like to do as a pitcher to attack guys if you you know get that high spin rate going? So it, it's interesting because there's some pitchers who look hardcore into their stat casts and ask themselves, hey – the spin rate thing seems to be kind of an important deal because having a higher spin rate results into weaker contact. And there's some pitchers out there that consciously try to increase their spin rate. How they do this, I have no idea. Flick their wrists a little harder. Like, I, who the heck knows? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, all I would know, all I know is some pitchers are very educated and are consciously trying to increase their spin rate. I also know that some pitchers are like, I know I'm good. I don't need to look at StatCast to know I'm good. 
I don't care what these things say. Yeah, Statcast a total game changer for baseball, really. Oh, you man, know, it's when that fun. thing became I, yeah, like all over all over the sport a few years ago. It's super fun. Uh, my favorite Statcast feature for the fastest pitches in Major League Baseball when you go on the Major League Baseball stats yeah. section. Uh, there's an, an Aroldis Chapman filter button <laughs> because he has all of the fastest pitches. As he does, um, man. And what it's a boss. awesome. Yeah, so. Um, well, after Houston, I'm, again, I like to make some bold predictions here. I'm going with Seattle. I think the Mariners have been trending up the last few years. Uh, I like them to just get enough. I think they're going to be a wild card team this year. Um, so I'm kind of riding the positive momentum that that team's got going on. Uh, Robinson Cano, I think, will have another good year. Him and Nelson Cruz just continues to hit home runs. I don't know how he does it. He's, like, been playing this game forever and just continues to mash. Well, there's some uh, <laughs> speculation well, in as, uh, you know, why he can mash home runs. And, <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Nah, he's a player. I, I have him second. Where do you have Seattle? In the well, West? I have Seattle third, but I don't hate them being in second. I hated the Taiwan Walker trade yeah. for Gene Segura. Gene Segura, awesome last year, but I think Arizona – for once, made a good deal here. They had Segura, and they're like, man, he had a good year, his first good year in a, in a little bit. Yeah. Let's sell high. Yeah. And Taiwan Walker, man, he has the potential to be an ace of a staff. And that's not somebody that you trade for the seventh best shortstop in the game. Yeah. Um, but so with the that, Mariners seem to be in win-now mode. You know, they, what, think, they think they can get over the You're hump. right. As long as they have Cano, they're thinking, yeah. we need to win now. So... I like the lineup. They need some help with the leadoff position, but sure. they got Dyson, who I think if he's playing every day, I'm excited to see what he does. Gene Segura, Robinson Cano, Nelson Cruz, and Kyle Seeger. I mean, that's that's a good lineup. Solid. Um, I'm expecting Felix to bounce back this year. He was very mediocre last year. He's looking Agreed. really good. Uh, here's what I love about the Seattle Man- Mariners general manager, Jerry Depoto. Yeah. Jerry Depoto. Since 2015, the end of the 2015 season, has made 37 <laughs> trades involving yep. 95 players. Yep. <laughs> He's just he is that fantasy owner that just is constantly evaluating and picking guys up just because he thinks there might be something there. That's me. You know? That's me. There you go. <laughs> Sounds like you can relate. That's now, me. That's 100%. a fun comparison. Let me make another comparison in the West. So I have the Angels finishing third. I put I pegged them at wow. third to finish 81 and 81. That's because yeah. Mike Sosha is the Kirk Ferentz of baseball. <laughs> because Kirk Ferentz somehow has been in Iowa for like Slightly above years. average forever. Slightly above <laughs> average. He like has a good year every now and then. And like you're like, how, how the heck are you still here? He's yeah. been forever. Mike Sosha has been with the Angels for, I don't know, at least 15 years. Because he won He's the World God Series. He's the best buddies with the owner. They won the World Series in 02 with him. And I just feel like every year it's like, oh, Sosha. And then like a year later, like they win the West. And then they flame out in the first round of the playoffs. And then he buys himself a couple more years, and then the same thing happens. Yeah. And right now he's he's playing with Mike Trout. I know I'm sure you have a lot of good opinions on Trout, but like he's the best player in the game. Best been the best player for the last four or five years, like pretty hands down in terms of WAR. Uh, Should have five MVPs. But <laughs> yeah. That's that's for another. Time. That's for another conversation. Yeah. And, and you know, like I'm just kind of waiting for them to do something. So until until I see them as an organization, like figure out what what they're what they're about and what they're trying to do, I have them at 81 and 81, just mired in mediocrity. I uh, <laughs> when you have Mike Trout on your team, you're going to win some ball games. 
Sure. Uh, but man, they have tried hard <laughs> to make that team a, a mediocre to sub-mediocre team uh, around Mike Trout. And as a baseball fan, it makes me sad because, man, here is a generational talent um, in his prime on a bad baseball team. And, uh, man, their general manager in the past has really um, has really let the team down. But they got a new guy, Billy Epler, and I think he's going to do some good things. Yeah. You, you know, to add to that, just letting you down as a baseball fan, I, I will say on a little little tangent here, this is what I kind of I like this about baseball in that the best player doesn't always equate to immediate success. You know, in the NBA, yeah. when the Cavs signed LeBron a few years back, they immediately went to the finals. And, yeah, they got, like, Kevin Love and whatever, but, like, clearly one player was the difference. In baseball, there's so much more than just a one-man show. It's like, a team effort. It is absolutely a team effort, and there is so much you can do to build that, and there's so much strategy that goes into building a baseball team. And, and you know, it's in, in a sense, this might sound kind of weird, it's a little refreshing that in baseball you don't just constantly get, bar- you know, bombarded with well how many rings does he want how many rings does he want yeah. how many rings does he want like i'm so that that the yeah. argument is so tiring to me about brady and peyton manning or lebron and kobe and michael jordan like yeah dude they're all freaking good and it's hard to win a title in any sport but like in baseball unfortunately fortunately greatness transcends that i think yeah because you know i think baseball the game understands that like it's it's a collaborative effort and you know, one player, like, sure, like, Derek Jeter's going to be a legend forever because he won a bunch with the Yankees, but, like, you know, that doesn't take away from guys who never won. You know, Ken Griffey Jr. is a legend, but did he ever win a World Series? So, like, my point is, Mike Trout, we can at least enjoy his greatness without having to contemplate, yeah, but how many titles does he want? How yeah. many titles does he want? You know? Yeah. Who, uh, who would you say is the Robert Ori equivalent of the Major League Baseball world? Uh... Um, oh gosh! Oh, it, I, it's uh, Johnny Gomes. Johnny Gomes, definitely Johnny Gomes, man. And I don't know. I don't know if it, he was actually on a team that actually won it ever. But for the longest time, he was like, he's the key to success. Yeah, he's like the key to success. He's like, he's the glue guy. He's the clubhouse yeah. guy, and he just kind of is always in the right place at the right time. And yeah, something like that. And, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. No, I, I agree. It, the, the rings th- question is there, but it's not nearly as prominent. Uh, in baseball, and that is, like you said, that's something that's refreshing for me. A couple um, storylines that I want to follow this year is: Will Houston get off to a better start this year? They really buried themselves with a slow start last year, and it, I was really bummed because I had high hopes for them as a baseball fan. Yeah. And two, Mike Trout. Yeah. Just because he's Mike Trout, and in case you missed it, last podcast I made about. Yeah. Eight references to Mike Trout because Mike Trout. he's amazing, and I just, you know, he's someone that I recognize. Man, we need to enjoy him while we have him in our game because we're not yeah. we're not guaranteed another player like him. Um, five run home run prediction. Uh, my five run home run prediction is that Adrian Beltre will actually punch a teammate in the face this year. <laughs> If you guys have followed at all, and you you've, if you've paid attention at all, Adrian Beltre, a Hall of Fame third baseman, no doubt, uh, one of the best defensive third basemen of, of all time, is going to have a career 300 batting average, uh, almost, I think 400 home runs. He is a quirky dude. Yes. And he does not like the top of his head being touched. No, he doesn't. <laughs> and there's a film of him in the dugout of – 
teammates pranking him and taking his helmet off and touching his, the top of his head, and he rears back like he's actually going to punch people. It's it's a pet peeve of his. <laughs> uh, so to finish up the West, I last bit here, uh, I just had Texas at fourth, Oakland at fifth. I think Texas is not going to be as good as what people are th- saying because last year their run differential was so small. I think they're like plus eight on the season. Oh, yeah. They just got lucky. They Tons kinda, of one-run games. Yeah, yeah. I think that's not going to work out for them this year. I think they're also kind of like Baltimore in a spot where their window's closing a little bit um, with some of their guys. So, Yeah. Um, that wraps up the well, West. Well, Andy, that, that, wraps yeah. up the, that wraps up the West. Um, we're going to do uh, the National League soon. Um, but that concludes the second episode of Hit by Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining. And remember, choke up with two strikes. And make sure you don't step on the base path when you're running onto the field.